0: I can promise you that you weren't expecting this topic. I mean, we weren't either until Chris Wall visited with the HP folks about, of all things printer security and he was so engaged by the topic that it turned into an entire datanauts episode with hp coming alongside as a sponsor think you know what you need to know about printer security well having read and researched in preparation for this episode i strongly suspect that you do not so stay tuned and we'll inject an appropriate dose of nerdiness about printers and endpoint security into your brain here on the datanauts podcast there, I am Ethan Banks. Follow me at Banks on Twitter, and ably filling in for the traveling Chris Wall is Drew Connery-Murray at Drew underscore CM on Twitter. Drew interrupted the best air guitar solo you've ever seen to join us today, and this is the DataNots podcast. You can find this on all of our shows on iTunes, in your favorite podcatcher, or at PacketPushers.net. Joining us from HP are Michael Howard, Chief Security Advisor, and Jason O'Keefe, Print Security Advisor. Michael, I want to open up the show directly at you, hitting you with a question right square between the eyes. (laughs) So I think this is a question a lot of people are wondering, why do I care about printer security? What is the big deal here?
1: Well, you know, I think it's, it's simply said, I tell everybody, this is not your parents' printers that you have on your network anymore. In fact, whenever they were your parents' printers, they weren't on a network. And the reality is today that printers and multifunction devices are much smarter than they've ever been. And so what that uh, results in is that they're sitting on your network. They have the same operating systems on your network that you have to be concerned with. They also have all of the ports and protocols that need to be maintained, monitored, and managed. And the other thing that we find with print security is it's usually the most overlooked area within a corporation. So they may lock down their entire network and be implementing good monitoring and management procedures but they have a blind spot and that's the printers. And when you start thinking about a major corporation today, even if they have one printer per 10 people in their organization, that means 10% of their network is a blind spot and they can't see if they're having malware injected or if people are intruding through their network or how they're getting in because they have these internet of things devices called printers wide open.
0: (laughs) Internet of things right before there was internet of things. And yeah, you make a valid point. I mean, Boy, gosh, back in the day, even uh, not all that long ago to as far as 10 or 15 years ago, you got printers. I would add a JetDirect card, and it had all of these different daemons that I could use to communicate to that printer across the network. And so you make the point very well that, yeah, printers are as much of a, a target and potential point of vulnerability as any other endpoint sitting out in your network.
1: Absolutely. And and even more so is what we're seeing, and the reason for that is because they are a blind spot. Nobody knows what's out there. They don't know if they are being uh, infiltrated through a printer. They just don't have any visibility to it.
2: So, Michael, let's take a step back. Let me ask you, for the folks listening, why do I want to trust HP about this? What are you guys doing that's involved with printers and
1: your relationship with security? Well, HP was the first printer that was put on a network, so we have been worried about security and the network security of printing since the very beginning. So. Even when you go back to 10, 15 years to our JetDirect cards, we were building in security protocols around those devices. And we've been doing that from the very beginning. We were also the first that came up with the certifying with NIST, the best practices checklist of how to put a printer securely on your network. So this has been a really high importance to HP from the very beginning. And I think the reason for that is because in our DNA is security. Everything we do on the PC and the desktop side, and of course, our networks and our servers, all was critical that we included security. So it just made good sense that we extended that over to the print environment as well, since we knew what the risks were. And I see from our show notes, you guys are shipping a lot of printers. We are shipping a lot of printers. We are number one in the industry, and and we do feel at HP internally, the discussions are that we feel that this is our obligation to educate customers out there on what they should be doing to secure their printing and how they should be implementing the right procedures across their entire printing infrastructure.
0: Why is securing printers so so hard? I mean, is there an aspect of it that makes it difficult or, or is it just because it's out of sight, out of mind and kind of a low priority?
1: Well, I think, you know, to start with, it's, it's because they're out of sight and out of mind. But I think as far as the complexity of securing a printer, obviously, whenever you're talking about a desktop or a, a laptop, Those are one-to-one management. So what I mean by that is you can give me a laptop from IT. You've already put your common operating environment on it. You've locked that down to the specific user. With printers, you're serving many people with one device. And also there's service people that have to come in to maintain these devices in a lot of organizations. So it tends to be easier to leave them wide open so that people can easily print to them, so that they can be managed easier from a print perspective. But from a security perspective, that's a disaster because you're not locking it down. You're not monitoring them. You're not making sure that you're applying good compliance and governance controls over those devices. So that really becomes the issue there that you're, you're not protecting them. Also, the thing with printers is I tend to see people look at them all as printers. In reality, we break them down on our security team as there's a printer and there's printing. And there's two different things, right? So when you get that printer out of the box, the first thing you need to do, and they all come with well over 250 security settings, is lock that device down before you put it on your network, just like what you're doing with a PC or a desktop. Then after that, you start looking at the applications of printing and what do you need to implement within your organization. You don't want to implement printing solutions, whether they're secure printing, what's called pen printing or authentication devices, on top of an unsecured device. So the critical piece is really looking at them as being a printer and how do we secure those and then taking the step of how are we going to use this in our organization now and what are the solutions we need to build in securely around that. So I've
2: been covering the tech space for a long time. There are a lot of things to worry about when it comes to security. Where does print security sort of sit on that hierarchy? Is it something folks are aware of? Is it upward or downward trending? Where is it in a sort of a priority level?
1: Yeah, we're certainly seeing an upward trend now. There's rarely a request for proposal that comes out on RFP that comes out today that doesn't include print security. But I think it is still not at the forefront of many companies. And that's our job is to continue to educate companies on what the risks are. So I think most organizations tend to still say, we don't have the resources, we don't have the time, so we're going to put printers in a lower priority bucket. We feel they need to bring those up. And the biggest reason for that is because the fact that they're invisible on your network today. So a lot of other Internet of Things devices that you may be bringing in, you might have visibility to them, and it requires you to put the right settings in. But with the print environment, they've largely forgotten that and pushed it off to the side, and that could be the entry point in for a lot of the vulnerabilities that are out there today in terms of priority.
3: It's one I always see in every customer when we're doing security assessments. You know, the security team will always keep it low priority. But just to give you an example, this year in DEFCOM and Black Hat, and actually last year it came up, um, one guy came up to me and we had a conversation. Now, he had no name on his badge and at these events they like to stay anonymous. But he pulled us aside, he pulled me aside and a manager, and he kind of questioned, why is HP here? trying to create awareness on security and printers. And he really questioned and he was very defensive on it. But over the conversation of 20 minutes, it actually changed. What happened was he didn't like HP creating awareness because he felt in his job, in his role, he had to produce evidence or ways to compromise networks. And he said, quote, printers are always low hanging fruit on a <laughs> network where he takes advantage of them. And he liked that approach. He likes printers are constantly overlooked. He didn't so want you spoiling he party was or is there. Exactly. And he felt, you know, this was always an opportunity where printers are overlooked. And he didn't like we were there kind of creating awareness. But uh, that gives you an example. But again, like I, I've done assessments recently as three weeks ago and the security team, it's the same perception. It's always overlooked. But when you make them aware of the risks around printers, it can definitely change their mindset. And more importantly is when we show them how we can use a printer to compromise their data on their network, it actually is a complete 180 degree change. And actually only about four weeks ago, I got a contact from a customer, uh, security guy in a red team, and he basically walked me through how he was able to take a printer take the accounts off the printer and use those accounts to compromise a server and the data on that server by taking the accounts from the printer. Now, how we did that and how we got access to it, again, it goes back to the point about everyone is overlooking printers and are not locking them down. Now, what happened in this customer's environment was the red team actually showed the management how they compromised databases and servers on their network using printers as a a point to get accounts from the printer and taking those accounts and using them to get access to the servers when we showed them how easy it was to remediate it they couldn't believe how simple and straightforward it was but yet they were not doing this on their printers they weren't locking them down properly
1: yeah, I think, you know, Jason, you make some great points there. And I think the other thing that we see whenever we do these security assessments for customers around the print environment, that sometimes we're introducing the buyers of the procurement departments that are buying printers to the security teams for the first time. And a lot of times we're introducing the people that are managing their overall print infrastructure to the security team for the first time. So the security teams haven't prioritized it and don't think about it. The procurement teams are not buying based on security. They're buying based on how pretty the printer is or how low a cost device it might be. Whenever in reality, companies would never purchase laptops, desktops, network switches, servers with that in mind. They would always be looking for the most secure solution. So there is definitely a disconnect that we're trying to bring together. When we do the assessments, we see those teams coming together we see a lot of eye-openers in those conversations with, oh, wow, we hadn't even thought about that. You just brought something to us that nobody else has even described to us before.
0: Was there an inflection point somewhere in the history of printers here where they just became super easy to hack?
1: Well, I think it's it's not that they became super easy to hack. It's that the industry ships just like we do with PCs and desktops, right? The industry tends to ship everything wide open. We've been smart enough to learn for PCs and desktops, for example... Okay. If I get a brand new laptop, for example, for somebody in my family, the first thing I do is I go in and I make sure that it's secure and it's ready to go on the network. With printing, it tends to just not happen. People get it. They pull it out of the box. They plug it in. It works. They're happy. They don't realize that what's running underneath there is a computer and that it has all the protocols open. I mean, when you look at the latest denial of service attacks, they're using FTP as the protocol to move around that's what the internet of things has done for us is we have all of these devices sitting out there now that aren't locked down protected in the same way that we're doing PCs and desktops. So it's just a matter of education to realize that when you get one of these devices in, you should treat it no differently than you do anything else that's touching your network. And that even includes if you're bringing vending machines in to put on your network, you're bringing TVs in and you're putting on your network they all have security settings that should be set to be securely put on your network. Printers are no different. To add to that, and Brian Krebs,
3: a well-known security researcher, he brought this point up uh, many times in his blog. Is, you know, printers, when we, you said it yourself, guys, there's printers out there 15 years old on a network, which is fine. If they print, leave them alone, they do the job. But what a lot of people overlook is these printers are using very old protocols that are very unsecure. For example, you know, you look at the Mariah Botnet that used Telnet protocol to move itself around and replicate. Printers are using Telnet, and Brian Krebs noted that, you know, this Botnet was leveraging this unsecure protocol, and he even hinted and suggested that The botnet could leverage other types of devices. And in the conversation, he noted printers could be one of those. If you look at very old printers on networks, they are using Telnet. And actually, about four months ago, I did an assessment for a customer in Florida. And the admin staff, for some unknown reason, were still using Telnet to do administration tasks on printers. And I had to move them away from that. You know, there's much more secure ways to manage printers. But what I discovered was these system admins, they liked using Telnet, FTP scripts. But the security from that side, they should not be using it. We need to move away from those unsecure protocols. Even if they have old printers and they, they work fine, turn off these unsecure protocols, manage them through secure protocols take a different approach to security
2: is there a reason printers are still shipping with things like telnet and ftp on them knowing that these are insecure protocols
1: yeah there is and it it all goes along with the industry of having devices open up so they work easily whenever they come out now we are investigating and will be releasing in the future secure printers that we have taken uh the steps of locking down what we think are protocols that should be turned off But that's new in the industry, and that's not what was traditionally sent. So what we had to do was come at it from a different approach, and that's why we have a proactive tool that lets you build one policy for your print infrastructure, push it out and lock all those devices down, and then proactively monitor and manage to make sure that they're staying up because of the situation of you could have open devices out there and you want to know about it. So... Our whole role is how do we make it more aware out there? How do we give you the tools that you can see visibility and you can lock them down in the correct way? But at the same time, we're working with the industry to develop new standards to create even more secure devices that we want to put out there. So we're definitely driving the industry into that mindset. And the other thing to
3: add here, guys, is what I've noticed over the years is, a lot of vendors, print vendors would allow anyone to develop applications to run on their printer. So you have these third-party solutions or applications that will run and communicate with printers. And what I've noticed is these third-party applications, the developers are using old protocols or communication methods to the printers. So for example, I have seen applications out there that are using SHA-1, That's that should not be happening. I have seen customers developing their own in-house applications to communicate with printers over FTP. You know, there's no need to do that. These applications need to change. So when we put a printer security by default, where our protocols are turned off and we put them on a customer's network, it upsets business owners and application owners that will no longer be able to use their printers because they're using old ways to communicate to printers. So what happens is we have to educate them, tell them to stop using these protocols and turn them off and update their applications to more secure communications. And that is happening, that is starting to change already.
2: wow 250 settings out of the box that really blew my mind so i mean even if your printers and other devices are being ordered by like an office manager or someone outside of it they really need to be shunted into your whole it onboarding process for asset and security management
0: yeah you know kind of related to that was when they made the point of printers as as iot devices and as soon as i heard that comparison being made it's like Oh, because IoT brings to mind security. You're talking about all the settings that are out of the box, etc., and And that just really changed my mindset, how I think about printers. They're not just this thing that, you know, outputs paper and reports. It's this device, this computer that is a potential threat with a lot of complexity that's got to be properly
2: managed. All right. So I'm now thinking about printers in a different way. They've fallen into the bucket of an endpoint, just like a laptop or a server or some other computing device on the network. So let's dig into these issues that are common when it comes to an endpoint threat and vulnerability,
1: particularly around the notion of printers. What are we looking at? So whenever you look at printers and what the vulnerabilities are, obviously the biggest one that everybody sees is a document laying in an output tray. And that is probably the one whenever I ask customers, you know, have you seen a breach through printing? That's the ones that they're going to bring up. And we've actually done surveys with companies where we've had them collect uncollected print jobs at the end of the day, just to see what kind of secure information they can glean from them. And it's amazing, right? We see stock certificates, we've seen salary reports, we've seen, uh, you know, new product introductions that shouldn't be out there about proprietary information. We've seen a lot of mortgage documents that are getting printed, but that's the obvious way, right? That's just leaving a document in the output tray. But the reality is what's going on underneath that device is with it sitting on your network, it allows for people to come in and use that either as a hiding place on the network for them to go out and get into the rest of the network. It allows them for a place to do sniffing on the network to see what other type of data they can find out. It's just a whole host of things whenever you have all of the protocols wide open. And to a large extent, we tend to find customers when we go in and do the first security assessments, that haven't even done the basics of changing or putting secure passwords on these devices. So what I mean by that is we have some that still have the default passwords, and every one of the companies, all of our competitors and us, those are all very easy to access what default passwords are on devices. We've seen other companies, major financial institutions, that don't even have passwords on these devices at all. So again, getting into them and using them as the hiding place if they're not being monitored and nobody knows they're there is really easy for anybody to do. And it's it's child's play to get on their network this way.
0: And again, making the point that a printer is effectively a computer. And so if you leave it open like you would if you did any kind of a compute device, Someone could jump on that. There's an operating system there, and they can use it to run processes that are malicious and have it be that host inside a network that attacks and probes and so on are coming from.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, we get asked the question a lot of times is, well, what about if all of our printers are behind a firewall, so do we have to worry about it? Well, the reality is in the security profession, we all know that firewalls are only as good as what you configure them at. But we also know that the end users inside your environment are the biggest source of malware that you have. We can go in and in any security assessment, we can get anybody to click on any link anytime. And the problem is if you click on those links and you have devices that are wide open and susceptible, then once you have one of those devices, you're there on the network. So you've opened the doors. So as much security as you're putting around everything else and locking it down, That may not be good enough to help you with the attacks that can then come from these devices that are sitting wide open on your network.
0: You mentioned printers in the context of IoT earlier, and one of the things that pops to mind is that a lot of IoT devices have been corralled and used as members in a distributed denial-of-service attack. So are printers similarly vulnerable, if left unsecured, that they could be part of a DDoS attack?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jason, I think you, you've seen some examples of this, so I'm going to let you, you talk about it a little bit more, but it's as easy as just changing and putting the print device in as your denial-of-service device.
3: Yeah, correct, Michael. Guys, yeah, no, printers are one of those devices. Can be used in a denial-of-service. And I, I, I give you a simple example. And this came, came up in, uh, we were at Black Hat last year in London, and a bunch of students came up to me, and they were, you no, know, I think they were like, security students in their second, third year of their degree or whatever. And one of the things they kept commonly bringing up was they love using printers to hide their media content. A lot of people don't realize these printers, have. I like, can have a lot of storage space. And one of these students came up to me and he said he'd actually combined the hard drives of multiple printers and he mounted all his media v- videos and music. And he was using these printers in the university network and he was filling up their drives and he didn't realize he was actually maxing out the space. And what happened was the end users couldn't print because the devices couldn't store their print content. Now that's kind of a very, how would you say, a simple approach the denial the service of printing to others. But another example is, and people can Google these is where You can actually send a malicious print content or a PJL language or some custom script that only the print engine will understand. You can hide that language, put in a simple line of logic that the printer can understand that the print engine using PCL or PJL, and put in this infinity loop that will cause a printer just to stay spinning its processing. Um, And this code is actually easily available out there. Someone Googles it and they can do this, send a print job to a printer. And all of a sudden the printer is caught up in this loop. Um, And I have seen this and it's quite easy to do. I keep my own copy of scripts for testing. Um, And this is a very easy one. How do you stop this type of thing? It goes back to the point about securing the sentence, locking down your printer to prevent this. And these are very simple denial of services.
2: That story about the uh, student storing media on a bunch of printers, I mean, it, in some ways, uh, there's also a liability issue there because if that media may be stolen or something, then it's on a university device, they may bear some liability and expose themselves to some risk. Is that possible?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it opens up. And if you look at the whole GDPR coming in next year, the
2: data monitoring
3: movement of data, printers would be part of that because you will be pushing personal data through printers. So. People need to be conscious that printers will have sensitive data. And you have to ask what controls have you got in place to protect this data.
2: Okay, so I'm on board here that uh, printers are a big, juicy target. They represent a significant attack service. So what's the next steps? How do we discover? How do we remediate? How do we port on breaches or potential vulnerabilities inside these printers?
1: Well, I think that the first thing that you need to do, and one of the things that we've been helping our customers with, is assess your environment. Look at what you have today. Number one, you can't secure what you don't know. And it's not unusual that we go into an account and ask an administrator, how many printers do you have? And they don't know. We ask the CISOs or the CIOs, and they don't have a clue even what's out there sitting on their network. So I think the first thing is, is do a clear assessment and understand what you have on your network. Then you need to understand what are the capabilities of those devices. Can they be secured at the level that your company can assume that risk? And if they can't, then you need to look at how do you move better to lock these down. Now, we come in, that's what we do, is we come in and do assessments on environments. So we see this all the time. But it's very easy for the listeners to take away today. The very little thing that you can do is just go back and make sure that you have administrative passwords on all of these devices so that everybody can't get into them and take control of them. That's step one. But then really work with your security team and look at what are the security and governance controls that you have for the rest of your devices touching the network and make sure that you're applying those same controls to your print environment map those security control points whether you're looking at it from a NIST perspective iso 27001 gdpr make sure that you're applying the same controls to your print infrastructure or to any endpoint that sits on your network for that matter as you move across it, so it's uh, first part though is get an assessment, understand what it is that you have out there, and how can you secure it.
0: But there's some limitations though there in the, in the sense that a printer, even though it has an operating system and so on, you can't treat it like you might uh, a Windows endpoint, for example, where say you're loading some kind of an agent on there. So is there something I can do, or that you know that is a recommended best practice so that I can? I can tell, hey, this printer has been compromised. There's a problem here with maybe monitoring syslog or you know, feeding it to my uh, my SIEM engine, something like that.
1: Right. Absolutely. So one of the things that HP has done, uh, and we did this years ago, is we've integrated all of our print syslogs into the various sim tools. So you do have visibility for that. For those devices that you have out there that can't be integrated into your sim tool, Again, you have a blind spot, and that may be something that you want to address as you're moving forward. So the very minimum is, you know, get the passwords on them, but then make sure that you're monitoring them. Make sure that you have the right devices sitting on your network. We go into a lot of accounts where they say, what we do is we let each individual department go out and buy their printers. They go to Best Buy. They buy whatever they want to buy, and they're coming in and putting these on the network. They have no control over them whatsoever. So getting control over your entire environment is critically important. You wouldn't put a laptop out there and not know who owns it, where it's at, and what it's doing. You shouldn't do the same thing with printing. The other thing that we've invested in heavily at HP and printers is we now have intrusion detection on our devices for our enterprise class devices that can tell you when somebody's trying to get in. We see memory anomalies, and we can shut that device down, isolate it quickly. We also have white listings so we can watch for firmware updates that are unauthorized or any anomalies that we see around that. And we also start out with securing the BIOS. So we know that a lot of attacks nowadays are starting at the BIOS level. So both on our PCs and desktops and on our printers, we start inspecting the minute you boot that computer because there's over a million lines of code that execute before it comes up to the operating system. So we're inspecting that BIOS to make sure that it is locked down so we are putting what you would consider industry standard security solutions on these devices now to make sure we're watching for them the other thing we've done and for the users who don't have hp devices we still have published and it's on the nist website security best practices of how you can securely put one of these devices on your network and it has a standard checklist in there of things you need to do that we recommend if you have hp devices We have a security solution that has taken those best practices checklist and put it in a policy tool called Security Manager that allows you to create one policy and push that out to all of your HP devices and proactively keep those locked down. The other issue that you have with printers is you can do a cold reset and wipe out security settings. If you don't have the administrative password set, anybody can come up and do that. With our proactive management tool, as soon as that device hits the network again, it is locked back down to the security state so that we never allow those devices to be unsecure on your network. So these are all things that you have to start thinking about as you're buying and you're putting devices on your network, just like you're doing with your PCs and desktops. The security team should be heavily involved with the buying decisions and make sure that they're buying with the right risk mitigation strategy in mind.
3: For customers out there that have a lot of printers, what I'm always seeing is they, for whatever reason, they, white-li- they whitelist printers when it comes to scanning whether they're using Nessus or Qualys. They will bypass printers, they will not scan them, they will not check them. And the way I look at it is the vulnerability scan engine is like a Formula One or a NASCAR you know you get into it and you can have great fun scan engines you can have great fun with them and tweak them and get good results on it but if you put a professional driver in that car someone that knows scan engines very well and tweak it you can actually get some value from this from printers when you scan them with the tools so i would encourage people to actually do not bypass printers scan them even if they're getting little results or they're getting good value it's important you scan them and make sure you're not overlooking the obvious when it comes to security like if you look at the pci dss regulate controls vulnerability scanning is very important but why customers bypass printers and do not scan them that's a risk every time i go in and do a security i help them i get the vulnerability owners to scan engine and tweak them and make sure they're looking at the right things on printers so they are getting value so i would encourage people not to bypass printers. Do scan them, take a sample, run checks, and make sure you're not overlooking the obvious.
0: As we were jumping into some of the more specific things that you can do with printers as you consider them and how to secure them as an endpoint and what your vulnerabilities are and what the attack surface really looks like, the point came up that you you can deny service, you can deny printer service to people by sending it malicious pcl who knew i mean that that blue way <laughs> you can even do that just put that poor thing in a loop so that it's no good anymore and that it was simple you can just you can do that exploit easily just downloading stuff on the internet like so many exploits these days drew what uh, what grabbed your attention
2: so yeah there are a whole bunch of security issues that came to light but what also stuck out for me is that the printer becomes a compliance headache or even a liability issue if there's stolen or inappropriate content sitting on hard drives that you had no idea about
0: So, we were talking a minute ago about some of the more specific, interesting things like inside the box that HP does with their printers to maintain the integrity of that hardware device. And I think securing the BIOS came up. Jason, can you dive in on that a little bit, what that actually looks like and what that means?
3: Sure, yes. So, sure start, that's what we call the technology in the printer. It's basically protecting the hardware on boot up on the BIOS. So, if you look at laptops and desktops, They're HP devices. We protect the hardware at the firmware level. We've done that in our laptops for years. We've taken that technology, same technology, and put it into our printers. And that's exactly what it is. It's just protecting the firmware on boot up and make sure that there's no attacks at that level.
0: So there's two ways I want to qualify that. One is, does that protect during the manufacturing process that the product coming out of the factory has integrity? And then also... Down the line, that it hasn't got a rootkit put on it or something like that uh, later. Yes,
3: yeah, so that's a, it's to prevent you know attacks like rootkits hitting the BIOS at that level in in operation. So when the unfortunately when you power up your laptop, there is ways to compromise the BIOS on your laptop desktop, and SureStart is that technology to prevent that. And there has been examples in the past where hackers have attacked the BIOS. So we're just taking that technology and protecting our printers.
0: So when we say root of trust, then, does that mean as the system is booting up, there is some external authority that is being checked, validating what exactly, that the, the checksum is correct or that there's a, there's a valid certificate hitting a certificate authority that's known to be trusted? What's the check that's actually being done?
3: Yeah, exactly. There's, so we built in, there's a, a chip built in to our hardware that actually is signature checking the code and making sure nothing is changing at the hardware layer. So there's nothing being changed. And when it boots up, it's just checking. And we have a golden image of our operating system embedded in a chip that's protected on the hardware. And we're checking that each time the printer is being rebooted, powered up.
0: Now, if the printer comes up and that check fails what happens
3: so you'll see on the screen you'll get an error and if that error keeps recording Jordan a reboot for example twice within the last 30 minutes then the printer will go into a state where it will stay in an alert state and someone has to intervene and fix that so if it happened once it recovered itself so the key thing here is it's it's recovering automatically itself If it happens several times within a period of time, the printer will stop and someone has to intervene to make sure that the printer is still secure or has been compromised.
1: And it is reporting that out to the SIM tools as well, so it gives them total visibility that something is going on. So
2: what about protecting the memory of the operating system while the printer is actually running, up and running?
3: So yes, on the boot up, you've got hardware protection on the BIOS when it's booting up. When the printer is in operational state, the memory is running real time. And as people are using the printer, unfortunately, there's ways to compromise the memory while it's in operational. So what we have with intrusion detection is monitoring the operation, the real time state of the printer. And if anything abnormal happens in the memory while it's running, the printer will stop and will go in a secure state alert. Again, you'll generate syslog events. And it will alert the users, and the printer will self recover from that. Again, if it happens multiple times in a period, of, uh, in a short period of time, the printer will stop and ask for an admin or a system admin to intervene and see
0: what's going on. Another feature that you guys mentioned was uh, was whitelisting. Now, I-, I come from a heavy network background, and when I think of whitelist, I tend to think of that in terms of these are IP addresses or remote endpoints that are allowed to talk to something and, and no one else can. But in the context of HP printer security, and you're talking about whitelists, what are we getting at?
3: Yeah, no, I agree, guys. It's it's very confusing. A lot of customers see whitelisting as exactly as you describe it. In the HP's terminology, whitelisting is about authorizing code to run on the printers. So, for example, if you had a third party application that wants to run on their printers, HP uses whitelisting to authorize that software. It's approved software to run on-air printers. So it's a way of checking that, signature-based.
0: Okay, so if I go to do a firmware update, then the firmware I'm going to update is going to be on that whitelist. It's going to be you know, signed and valid, and therefore I know that uh, it's okay to install that firmware. It's not going to be uh, not going to have any malware infection or anything in it.
3: Correct. And HP keeps very tight control on that. In other words, if you wanted to develop your own application to run on printers, you need to get access obviously to the SDK kit, develop it, but you have to go through HP's authorization to become approved whitelist to run on air, on air printers.
2: So there's a lot of sensitive information that a printer is going to work with, and maybe it's storing that information. Can I encrypt hard drives on the printer itself?
3: Yes, so HP Enterprise printers, uh, there's an option where you'll get encrypted drives on them. So all their printers will have the encrypted drives, and they will, depending on the level, the FIPS, what level you have, it will have that encryption on the printer. And
2: do you guys have customers who go for that option of encrypting the, the hard drives on their printers?
3: Most of our customers do yes, encrypt so their hard drives. And what's happening now on HP is we're actually starting off the conversation with customers with the option making sure they have encrypted hard drives by default and it's the customer that makes the decision to say no we don't want encryption Uh, so they would go for a different option a different printer all the time we start off with security and making sure encryption and secure printers are by default is the first level first conversation with customers to make sure they're putting security first
0: Mm -hmm. interesting we mentioned managing uh, printers. Um, well, we back up. We've been talking about managing printers, but we've not been talking about managing printers like IT administrators typically manage things, which is at scale with some kind of an umbrella manager. We've kind of been talking about them in a context of the ones and twos, which isn't realistic. So is there a way in the HP world that if I'm trying to push uh, a, like a global printer security policy out to all the printers in my organization because I might have hundreds of them, is there a way that I can do that?
3: There is, yes. So uh, one option is there's a free tool HP has called Webjet Admin that will work with multiple vendors and that's free. You can build up a a security settings inside a Webjet Admin and push it out to a fleet of devices. Unfortunately, with, with Webjet Admin, we like to say it's a fire and forget. In other words, when you set a password that you want to push out to hundreds, thousands of printers, it will push it out, but what you don't see is confirmation or assurance compliance that that, these printers did receive this. So if there was any communications or a fail in pushing out that policy, it's very difficult to detect that. So what HP has done is taken that to the next level and developed a security tool, what we call security manager, and that's all about policy compliance and ensuring your printers are staying within policy compliance 24 by 7. So if someone is changing printer sentence or changing passwords, you're going to know about that. And more importantly is the printer is going to bring itself back into compliance. So if I was working on a printer and I made a change and I forgot to bring it back, the printer is going to detect it's out of policy compliance and it's going to bring itself back into policy.
0: So is there a – like if I take a brand new printer out of the box, is there a process where I have to join that to the security manager or make it aware of security managers somehow so that the printer can say, hey, I'm here, can I get a security policy?
3: Yes. So what HP has done for years is built into our printers. We put in an alias name inside the printer. That alias name is actually referred to the security manager software. So when customers put a printer brand new out of the box onto the network, the very first thing the printer will do is look for that alias on the network. And then once it detects it, it, whatever policies you've developed on this security manager, like you could have hundreds of policies and printers can have hundreds, they will be instantly pushed down to the printer when they power up.
0: So, so, okay. So that would be some kind of a default DNS name that it's going to look for, or is it embedded in a DHCP option or something?
3: Correct. Yes. Yeah, it's a default. You know, you can't change it and customers need to be aware of that because actually I was only with a customer yesterday helping them and they weren't aware that the, the alias built into the printers could be changed. So people need to be conscious of that. if they set this up by default and they power up these brand new printers where they have not changed the default name, they're going to get all these policies instantly. But they also need to be aware that every other printer on their network who has this alias name will also get the same policy. (laughs) So it needs to be administered. And the advantage of that, you're going to get very secure policies pushed down. But the downside of that is if you lock down your printers too hard and you really tighten them up, you're going to push that them policies across all your network and your printers are all going to be locked down. So when you're maintenance or service technician is gonna do some work on it, and they're trying to change or trying to access it using the password and it has been changed because of a policy change, they're not gonna be aware of that change. So people need to be conscious when they are pushing policies out, there's a communications involved here. They need to let their staff, maintenance, admin, people aware of these policy changes.
1: Yeah, that's why it's good to bring everybody together in this and develop the policies from the security team, governance and compliance down and make sure that you're deploying these policies in the correct way. You can't just shove them out there and expect that that's going to work well. The other thing, when when Jason talks about these printers coming up, the one thing that was was done by HP Labs several years ago is in all of our devices, we built what's called instant-on technology. And that instant-on technology is unique to HP, and that's what allows those devices to announce themselves, to allow them to receive that policy and lock it down. So that's the critical piece of it. So the security policy management tool is great. It's wonderful, but the reality is the brainchild there was making sure that these devices can announce themselves just like what you're doing with a PC or desktop so that you can apply security policies. One thing to clarify too is Webjet Admin that, that Jason talked about, it's a great tool and it can help you secure your devices. But as we tell everybody, it's a printer configuration tool and it's fantastic for that. But it is not a proactive security tool. And that's where security manager sits on top of it and gives you the proactive look so that you get real-time information that somebody, an administrator, just went in and changed something on the device. And then it is was put back where the way it should be. But it starts identifying issues that you might have of why people are changing things and gives you better visibility into how you secure them. One more question to to wrap up this conversation. But before I do, I just want to say, Michael,
2: thank you for calling out and reminding everyone you got to get the whole IT team involved in this, the whole IT team involved back to silo busting. That's what Datanauts is all about. And yes, it applies to your printers too. That's great. So the last question, there's a lot of complexity here. A lot of things folks have to keep in mind. Are there service options for customers if they want some help either securing or managing a giant printer fleet?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. We offer, you know, managed print services has been around for a long time where you can have a company come in and take over your printers and manage them. At HP, we have that as well, but we have secure managed print services. So we offer services that we specifically come in and look at retainer services of how we continually maintain those fleets and keep them up to speed. We look at advice services where we're coming in and and assessing your environment, and we can come back on a regular cadence and make sure that you're keeping them set. And we also have implementation services where we can come and actually do all of this for you and get you secured. But the first place to start is we offer print security advisory services. And it's all—it's uh, low cost. It's its less than $14,000. And we come in and spend three days with a customer and we, we evaluate their environment. We take a snapshot of all the models and what they have out there. And then we give them a really good detailed report on here's where you are today And here's where you told us you want to go. And here's the roadmap of how you get there to secure your printers. So we do have these services available. They can reach out to us. We're more than willing at HPA to make sure that we're helping share best practices and that we're rolling this out. And oh, by the way, we do this at our own company as well. My team regularly assesses our corporate cybersecurity team from a print perspective to make sure that we're maintaining the best practices around this as well.
0: Well, Michael Howard and Jason O'Keefe from HP, thank you for coming on the Knot show today. Now, are you guys social? Do you blog or tweet, uh, anything like that where you'd like to tell folks how they can follow you?
1: You know, I do have a Twitter account, but being a security professional, I'm not big into the area, and neither is many people from my team. So it's better if you just reach us and, and come to us directly. That just is the type of people we are.
0: And is there a landing page particular to uh, security uh, in the hp.com world that you'd like to point people to?
1: Yeah, they can go to secureprinting.com at HP. So go to hp.com slash secureprinting, and that'll bring you to a landing page that will give you all the details on secure printing that you need. And also feel free to reach out to Jason or I as well, and we'll we'll help guide you the right way and make sure you get the expertise that you need.
0: That's great. Thanks a lot to, again to both of you for uh, for coming on the show today. And that is it for today's episode of the Datanauts Podcast. Our very special thanks to HP for sponsoring the show because without our sponsors, we cannot do what we do here at the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. You can tweet at Drew, at Drew underscore CM, and I am EC Banks on Twitter. Regular co-host Chris Wall will return very soon, and in the meantime, you can tweet at Chris Wall to get his attention and subscribe to his blog, Wallnetwork.com. For more of our data nut shows about infrastructure engineering, jump into the deep end of the pool that is packetpushers.net. You'll find the data nuts busting down silo doors as we discuss orchestration, automation, security, storage, and so very much more. Until then, may your server lights blink, your nougaty middle be crunchy as your perimeter, and your cables be cleanly managed.